just um, remind you of the only thing tomorrow night, 7 o'clock ladies' prayer meeting. So all ladies are invited to that tomorrow night at 7. And I know they'll have a great time with that. Um, and uh, Sunday will be, like I say, regular times. Like we've been having 11 o'clock will be our discipleship and Sunday school, 12 o'clock worship. And, and, man, I'm just looking forward to maybe baptizing three or four more this coming Sunday. If you know somebody needs to be baptized in Jesus' name, tell them about it. Show it to them and invite them. Tell them, I know a place you can get that done. And so we, we're looking forward to God just to continue to bless and move like he's been doing. Revelation 3, 10 and 11. The Lord speaking here said, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. And I'm going to teach for just a few minutes on this, just remind us of some things maybe. But with this thought, the kept word keeps you. The kept word keeps you. Let's pray for the lesson. Lord, we love you tonight and thank you for your presence that we feel, your mercy that's new every day. We thank you for it, Lord, how you've blessed us today. Now, God, as we learn in your word, open our hearts to receive it. Let it find good ground. Let us remember, Lord, the things that you've taught us. Let us keep those things that we can be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. What a great God we serve. word keeps you I remember looking at this I've, I've had this underlined in my, my Bible for a long time but um, when the Lord was talking to the church at that point he said it's because you have kept the word I also will keep you you keep my word let me tell you you live by the word that's going to be the best life going. That is going to be your most sure opportunity of success in this world and in this day. And, I'm, you know, it's always easy, you know, to think we're, we're doing good when things are going good. But as this world begins to shake, I want to be kept. He mentioned here there was an hour of temptation that will come upon all the world. Uh, there's something happening in this world today and people are feeling it from one side of the globe to the other. It's not just affecting people in the United States, but in every country around the world. Uh, things are going on. Things are happening. We feel it here because this is where we live. But there's a time that we are living in right now that is a time like no other. Uh, well, I say that. It is a, it, there was another time like this, and it was the days of Noah. There was another time like this. It was the days of Lot. Jesus mentioned that these days as his approach uh, to return was, was getting closer, that it would become like those days. But he has given us a solution, a principle. There's something that in this day I cannot afford to forget. Now, people are trying to figure out 
how to survive in this world today. But it's how can I keep my home? How can I keep my health? How can I keep my family? How can I keep uh, food? How can I survive if things really go sideways in this world? And I understand that there's a need to take care of our physical needs. But it doesn't matter how much we store up or how much we plan, it will not stop what's coming on the world. And there is still a a job, so to say, a mission uh, for the church. There's a a commandment for us to, in this last hour, to to be laborers in the harvest and to be the light of the world. He never uh, lets us off of that. We never say, well, it's time to put the light out. No, we've got to keep the light shining even as it gets darker in this last day. But what am I going to do? Because I don't want to just have a shelter full of food, plenty of ammunition, and miss God when the trumpet sounds. You see, I, I want to make it out of here. I, this, this world is not my home. I, I understand that heaven and earth is going to pass away and that where I live today is just as beautiful as this world is. It will not endure. It's going to be consumed. It's going to be, uh, the Bible says, the elements, the things. It's going to burn it away. It's going to be, you know, burnt with fire. This, this world will not endure. But I've got to make sure that I'm getting off the ground or getting out of the ground when the Lord comes back. I've got to make sure that I'm helping other people uh, survive in this last day. Uh, he said, because you have kept the word of my patience. The Bible says, in our patience, we possess our soul. There is something that I've got to take care of. I know that Jesus is watching over us. And I know that the Lord, if we didn't have him, there wouldn't be any hope for anything. But there is some personal responsibility when we live for God. There's something that we have to do. Jesus, uh, he didn't drag people. He didn't hypnotize people. He didn't do things that made them just automatically follow him without any of their willpower. He just walked by and said, follow me. And you know as good as I can, as I do today, that people can hear the word and either do it or ignore it. They can obey or disobey. And uh, we read a story of, of 12 guys who obeyed for a certain point of time and walked with him. And so uh, you've got to keep the word. The Lord has called us, and he uh, wants us to be with him. And and there's some responsibility on my half uh, of this thing that I've got to take up my cross daily and follow him. And uh, there's going to be something uh, always trying to stop you from walking and following God. There is uh, another world that would like to see you fail. There is uh, spiritual wickedness in high places. And there, there are deceivers and, and false prophets and, and all kind of things to entice. And it's where everybody's uh, stumbling block will be something different. Everybody don't stumble over the same thing. There's some people, you'll never knock them off truth, but there's things in this world that appeal to their flesh that gets them. And so, you know, we, we, that's why we have got to find the one solution that gets us over any stumbling block. And that is, if you have kept the word of my patience, the Lord said, now, Revelation 19:13 says, He is the word of God. That's his name. That's the name written on him, the word of God. And he said, because you have kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation 
And it's going to come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. We're going to be tried in this life. The enemy's going to try us to see if he can. Uh, he don't necessarily he try to try us to get him, get us to join him. I just want to try you so I can get you to stop following the Lord. I don't care if you follow me or not. I just don't want you to follow the Lord. I don't want you to preach the gospel. I don't want you to live holy. I don't want you to talk about Jesus and his sacrifice. I don't want you telling people about the blood. I don't want you telling people about the Holy Ghost. I don't want you doing the things that are pleasing to God. And this time is coming on all the world. Things that will take our focus off the gospel. And, and if you haven't seen that and noticed that, well, you're probably pretty blessed because that means you haven't been watching the news or been on social media or anything. But if you have spent any time watching the news or watching, scrolling through your news feed, you will see that there is distraction after distraction after distraction after distraction. Anything that can get us to preach or talk about anything but God. Just talk about anything but the gospel. Talk about politics. Talk about injustices. Talk about you know, this, that, and the other. And all these things are horrible and, and things you know, should be addressed, I guess, in some format. But first and foremost, we need to remember that all these things are going to come on the world. This hour, this time is coming upon all the world to try them that live there. God is trying. People don't even realize it because they've set their Bibles down and they, they're, they're too busy picking their phones up and they're too busy flipping the channel, but they've set their Bible down and, and, and their, their time of prayer has, has just disappeared and, and they're not listening to preaching anymore. They, they just listen to the news and listen to, to speakers and listen to people with opinions and ideas and they're trying to pass laws and, and do this and that and all those things you know, may fix something in the natural but it's not helping anything in the spiritual and people are going to be lost. They, they could be champions for a cause in this world and people, how many people are, are, are sliding off into eternity without Jesus because too many other people who know the gospel were focused on something else. He said, because you have kept my word, I will also keep thee. I, in the middle of all this, I've got to keep the word of God. I can't let what's happening in this hour stop me from living for the Lord. Now more than ever before, and let me tell you, I, I preached this on the heels of a great weekend. We had tremendous church on Sunday. And I mean, we'll go, go all the way back to last Monday's prayer meeting where we had two filled the Holy Ghost and then, and then had a tremendous service the next, you know, uh, that following week. And then uh, just people baptized in Monday night's prayer was just wonderful. The presence of the Lord is so great. And, and I, I preached that on the heels of, of great things because it's often whenever things are, going, things are going so well that we get so comfortable that we feel like, wow, I'm just going to ride this wave for a moment. But see, waves always eventually hit the beach. And uh, then you got to paddle back out. I don't want to just be riding a wave. I want to stay where the Spirit of the Lord's flowing. I want to stay where the Spirit of God's at. I want to stay in His presence. I don't just want to catch a wave and ride it and then have to paddle back out. I, so I'm, I'm saying this now that it, when everything is going good, keep on praying. Oh, man, we had a great service. People got the Holy Ghost. Let's take three days off. Why? So you can have to pray even harder to get back to where you need to be. 
We, we take, take a week off, and then we wonder why the next Sunday wasn't as great. Well, it's because you was dead in the spirit. You was asleep, and, and you, you took the week off, and you didn't pray, and you didn't read because you had a good service on Sunday. But I've got to pick up the cross and follow him daily. I've got to keep the word of his patience because I live in a day and an hour where something is constantly trying to trip me and take it, it wants me to stop living for him it wants me to fall it wants me to fail it doesn't want me to preach anymore it doesn't want me to come back in here and pray for people or encourage anybody it wants me to stop it wants me to let go and that's when he said he reminded them in the 11th verse behold I come quickly his time is different than my time what it means is that it's going to catch people off guard. It wasn't that when he said, behold, I'll come quickly, that means he's, he's coming tomorrow. He wasn't, when the writer was writing this, he wasn't giving him an idea, well, I guess, oh, I guess by the time I get this, he'll be here. But it wasn't what he was saying. But when he says quickly, it means it's going to catch us like a thief in the night. Because it's in such an hour as you think not. What the Bible says. He said, no man knoweth the day of the hour. You don't know. It's like a thief in the night. It's like lightning shining from the east to the west. It's, it's that. It's quickly. When I do come, it's not going to be, wow, what's that way over there headed this way? It's going to be in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And, and, and so I, I won't have time to be trying to figure out what word I need to keep after I've missed it. I, 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 I don't want to be in the middle of something I know I shouldn't be in and doing something I shouldn't be doing or, or just not doing the things I know I should do. Sometimes it's not that I'm just doing, you, know, you may, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. I don't party no more. I don't drink. I don't club. I don't, you know, I'm not shooting up anything like that. You know, it's, it's not, you know, I'm not lying, stealing, murdering, anything like that. Yeah, but you're not doing anything. What are you, a little folding of the hands, the Bible says, a little slumber, a little sleep. And, and that's when that man's fields and his walls were broke down and the fields were grown up. All that destruction came because he just went to sleep on it. He just, and the Bible says, how will we escape if we neglect so great salvation? We just don't, it's not that, hey, we're paying really that much attention to the world. We're just neglecting God. We're just in a place where we don't do anything. We're just we're cold. We're numb. We're we're lukewarm, and we're not doing the things that we ought to do. Behold, He's coming quickly. It's going to happen fast. Where you don't have time, you can't. Whoa, He's coming! I better get down and pray. It looks like He's about an hour out. I better. No, you're not going to see Him easing in. It's going to be like in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. So He said. Uh, but the way that you'll know, I'm not going to miss that event, is that you keep the word, and he'll keep you. You keep my word, and I will keep you. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which you have. What you've got, you hold on to it, that no man take thy crown. Somebody is trying to take what you got. You know, it sounds a lot, when I, I read this, I was thinking of what Paul told Timothy at the end of his life. He said, I have fought and I have finished. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Paul kept 
what God told him. God, uh, Paul kept what Jesus instructed him on that road when he knocked him down. And, and the Lord said, I'm going to have to show him what great things he'll suffer for my name. And, and Paul kept those things. And so when it was at the end, he, he was still a man who would say, I'm the chiefest of sinners, the least of all the apostles. And, and in my flesh dwells no good thing. But when it was all said and done, he had a boldness that he could say, I am now ready to be offered. Because regardless of what happened in between, I I fought a good fight, finished my course, and I kept the faith. And then he said, now there's laid up for me a crown. And that's what the Lord was saying here. You hold fast to what you have so nobody can take your crown. Because Paul said that crown is for all those that love his appearing. Behold, I come quickly. And we'll be caught up to meet him in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. We're going to see him. And he said, this crown is for all them that love his appearing. But it's going to be the people that have held on. That that phrase, hold fast, means to continue to believe in or adhere to an idea or a principle. We can't let go of what got us here. I see so many people, they, oh, I'm just like a, a caterpillar in a cocoon and I'm just going to bloom into something else. No, you're not. You're going to be born again, born of water, and born of the Spirit. That's the plan of salvation. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the gospel. And when people obey the gospel, their lives are going to be changed. You must be born again, Jesus said. We must be holy because he's holy. We, we can't fall in love with the world. He said, love not the world and don't love the things that are in the world because all the things that are in the world, they're not of the Father. We, we've got to keep the word. What got us here? Oh, man, we, we think so much. People, we think so much of ourselves sometimes. I just love the Lord so much, there ain't no way I could be lost. I'm tell you what, I believe Esau loved his daddy. But he couldn't cry enough tears to get that birthright back. He went and killed that deer and, and fixed it and prepared it because he loved his dad, but he just wanted to go to heaven. He just wanted, you know, that's why he, he just wanted the, he wanted the blessing. He knew, I, I'm about to get blessed. I'm going to fix this up right. But when he got there and found out there was no blessing, you just got one blessing? Well, if you hadn't sold your birthright in the first place, you sold it, man. Somebody else stepped in line because you sold it. Oh, but I was still living here. I was still in, under my father's care. I was like, ah, man, come on. You've got to stick to what got you here. You were the firstborn. You should have held on to what was yours. I don't want, I want to hold fast. Yeah, I know when we come into this thing, there's a lot happening. There's a lot to grasp. But the more and more I read of his word and I see how I need to line up and I see that it works in my life. When I obey the scripture, if, you, if you're willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. You get the best life going uh, when you live for God. And I see it working in my life. Why would I let go of what works? Oh, we come into this thing and we know this is what it's going to take. It's going to take some dedication. We believe in picking up that cross daily. But, but somewhere along the line, people start getting cold. and They start laying it down. And they start thinking, man, the, you know, the way this world's going today has got to be something else happening. Maybe this uh, isn't all it was cracked up to be. Are you kidding me? Yeah. 
Are you kidding me? I've seen people that lay on the floor and rolling around speaking in tongues. God all over them and watch them walk out like God didn't do nothing. Are you kidding me? That just turn their back on the house of God. Turn their back on the Lord. Stop praying. Stop reading. Stop doing anything for God. Let me tell you, that is a sign of the times that we live in. And I'm telling you that the hour of temptation. The Bible says, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Because it's not, you can't blame it on nobody. He said, a man, it becomes sin when he's drawn away of his own lust. And so when that temptation comes, people are seeing, well, I'm just going to get involved in this. I'm going to get involved in that. I'm going to just go here. I'm just going to go there. I'm just going to get in this and that. And it's everything but God. They're doing, they're doing everything but serving the Lord. Doing everything but holding on to what got them here. And just because you can still remember God doesn't mean you're right with God. I'm not fussing, folks. I'm, I'm telling a church full of believers that just because we believe doesn't mean that we're never going to be tried. He said, this hour of temptation is coming upon all the world. Hey, guess where we live right now? The world. We're in the world. We may not be of the world, but we are in this world. And so now we've got to make it through in this world. Hold fast what you have. Continue to believe in this gospel. Don't let somebody else, oh, boy, they just do so much. They, they do so much good. They've got to be right. People, people want to go with the big crowd. The Bible says that there is a big, wide way full of people. And he said, you know what that is? That's the way of destruction. There's so many people going that way. It's got to be right. You better be careful about who you're following. But the straight and narrow, it, it's, it, it's gotta, it, it ain't going to have people. That's going to be about people following each other as, as they follow Jesus. Because that's his way, the straight and narrow. And so I don't want to just go with the, the crowd. I want to be part of that cloud of witnesses. I want to make sure that I am uh, not just, uh, well, look at all that. Well, that's a lot of people going in that direction. I need to go that way. He's, the sign of that is that many, he said, are going that way. The word many is what he used to describe there. There's many people on that route because it's easy. It's wide. You can just weave in and out. You stagger all over the place. But that straight and narrow, you just got to walk straight. It's got one destination. I want to hang on to what I've got. I want to hold fast to what got me here. Yeah. I still, I still believe holiness is right. Yeah, I, I believe I believe in uh, inward holiness. I believe in my heart being right. I believe in my mind being right. I believe in my spirit being right. What I do know is this: is that when the heart is right, the the outside will take up with it. Because uh, out of the abundance of a heart, the, the mouth speaks. Out of the heart are the issues of life. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Whatever is on the inside will manifest on the outside. So but get, don't, let me tell you, I believe. Don't worry about getting the outside right first. Get the inside right. Get the inside right and the outside is going to follow. That, that, that's, the, that's the way it ought to be. Jesus rebuked. 
those Pharisees, he said, man, you, y'all clean up that outside of the cup real good. He said, but the inside's still filthy. Man, if I was to go scoop a cup down through some a hog pen and then shake it out real good, but, man, get some soap and water and clean that outside up. So what's your favorite drink? Oh, I love good old cold Mountain Dew. All right, here you go. I ain't drinking that. Why? The outside's clean. Yeah, but the inside's nasty. But the outside's clean. It's got the appearance. Yeah, but I ain't drinking out of that thing because it's filthy. I want to get the inside clean. I want to get the inside clean so the outside will follow. There, This world is so in, in so much peril at this time in our lives. I mean, there's so many crimes against humanity, children, and things are happening. It's just evil and wicked. It's sign of the times. That, that, that phrase is every day. Somebody says, well, it's just sign of the times. It's just sign of the times. Sign of the times. We hear it more and more. So we need to be more serious now than ever before. Peter said, if you believe in these things, what manner of person ought you to be? What are we doing now that we know this is coming? Are we holding on to what got us here? Are we riding the waves of this world? The world today will try and cause to get you and I to walk away, to close our mouth, to not talk about the things of God. Stop living the things that the Word of God has put in you. Ignore the things that the Word of God has done for you, even your new birth. The Word will tell you that the way you believe in new birth is not necessary, yet you've experienced it. How are you going to let somebody talk you out of what you've already experienced? The Bible says we are born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, the Word of God. I'm going to keep the Word, and I'm going to keep my new birth like it's supposed to be. I'm, going to keep, I'm, not, I'm not going to back up and say, well, maybe baptism isn't important. Or maybe how you're baptized isn't important. No, there's only one way to be baptized. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Say, so well, I don't believe that. Oh, that's, that's a scripture. Ephesians 4 and 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One. Find me a place in the New Testament where anybody was, uh, I'm talking about from Book of Acts on. Because I know about John's baptism. But find me a place anywhere else that they were baptized in any other form but in the name of Jesus. You won't find it. And even when Paul found disciples of John that were baptized by John. And Jesus was even baptized by John. But when Paul preached to them, they said, you know what? We were baptized like Jesus was. But we see that we need to now be baptized in his name. And Paul rebaptized them in the name of Jesus because it mattered how they were baptized. The new birth matters. And then guess what happened? He lays hands on them and they begin to speak in other tongues. God filled them with the Holy Ghost, born of water, born of the Spirit, like it's supposed to be. The world wants you to stop living this new life. It will want you to compromise your consecration. Your separation. The Bible says to come out and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean things. It will try to get us to lay down our love for holiness and the life of holiness. But the Bible tells me without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Well, can't I just have the inward holiness? Well, if you really got the inward holiness, you'll have the outward holiness. That's a fact. As, and as heaven gets closer with every passing second... I cannot forget you know, that I think about heaven. I think about what it's going to be like to see Jesus. 
I think about what it's going to be like to see all the saints that have gone on, the, all the things that are prepared. I have not seen, ear has not heard, it's not entered into our hearts, I know. But I daydream about it, I think about it. But I cannot forget where I am now. The sweetness of heaven cannot, uh, I cannot let that distract me from where I am now. I cannot just daydream about heaven and go. I've got to keep the word of God. Uh, I cannot forget what is required of me as a follower of Christ. I cannot forget that. Jesus said this in Matthew 24 and 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall be the coming of the Son of Man. Well, I'll tell you, people's going to find themselves on the wrong side of the door one day, just like they were in his day. He said, these days are going to be like the days of Noah. And there was a time uh, period, a stretch of time. Most people believe when you study it out that it was anywhere from 55 to 75 years that it took Noah to build the ark. The 120 years is the, the time that it took. Uh, that was how much time man had left, but that was not the amount of time uh, that it took Noah to build the ark. Uh, just because of the age of his kids and the things you read about it now, you start putting it together. It's somewhere between 55 and 75 years of labor on that ark. There was time for people to listen. There was time because Peter called Noah a preacher. How shall they hear without a preacher? That's what the scripture says. So it wasn't that there was not a preacher in their day. Nobody was listening to the word of God. Nobody was listening to the man that was working on the building. Nobody was listening to the things that were coming. There was a time coming upon all the earth and it was going to try all of them. The flood came and took them all away. God did not take Noah and his family out of the flood. He kept them through the flood. He kept them, and just like he said, I will keep you from the hour of temptation. And God kept uh, Noah because Noah kept the word. Hello. He, he, the flood came just like God said it would, and some, and it said it took, they knew not. It wasn't that they didn't hear, but they didn't have faith in what Noah was saying, and it said they didn't until it took them all away. When they couldn't tread water no more, they realized how foolish I have been. Uh, when they couldn't swim anymore, when there was nothing else to grab onto, no tree to climb, no mountain to get up, now you realize what you should have done. I do not want to be looking around at the people I have served God with and they're gone and me going, oh, this is what I should have done. Hello. I know, so, oh my goodness, pastor, it's just Wednesday night. Well, he might come tomorrow. I want to be found doing what the Lord said to do. So if it's going to be like, I, I think about this, if it's going to be like the days of Noah uh, in, in uh, Genesis 6 and 5, let's, let's see, what, what did you do, Noah? Well, in his day, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every imagining of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now you tell me if that is not today. 
if that is not today. Now, every time you get on Facebook, there's a video. A man jumping over in an outdoor restaurant on a patio trying to snatch a kid from his parents. Y'all seen that video? He was trying to take that child in broad daylight. There's a video of two police officers. One police officer woman, she's shot in the chest, shot in the face. A video of a guy shooting into the car, shooting, just killing people, shooting people, running over people, burning things down, tearing things up, blocking the hospital doors and saying, I hope they don't want to let them in. I I hope they die. People are evil and wicked. This world is out of control. The spirit of the Antichrist is loose in this world, and they don't want to hear about Jesus. Uh, hey, there was one news report, and whether it was almost, I couldn't even hardly read the headline because it said that group of people were chanting a terrible curse word about Jesus. And I thought, this Jesus that died for you, that shed his blood. And oh, you might curse him now, but one day every knee will bow and every tongue's going to confess that he's the Lord. Let me tell you something. People better realize that if you're going to make it in this hour, Noah made it. Noah and his family, eight souls, the Bible says, were saved by water. And so you find in uh, Genesis 7 and 5 that after God gives him the instructions. It says, And Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded him. And then it says in verse 16, And they that that went in, went in, male, female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. God kept him from the hour of temptation because Noah kept the word. It was the kept word of God that kept Noah and his family. Eight souls were saved by water because of all that Noah did or that he kept. In a day of wickedness and in a day of evil, he did not bend. He did not give in. He didn't submit. He didn't concede. He didn't throw in the towel. He didn't join in with them. He stayed faithful to the word of God. And hey, if he can do it in that day, We can do it in this day. He had to do it in that day, and we'll have to do it in this day. Well, today's, you know, Pastor, it's grace. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The Bible says the grace of God that bringeth salvation. God's grace hadn't changed. Well, the Lord doesn't change. I'm the Lord, I change not. My grace doesn't change. And it said that uh, the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men uh, this is written to us in the New Testament, but it would the principles of grace would apply even in Noah's day, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that we're supposed to live sober and righteous and just in this present world. And that's what it taught Noah. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and he knew if I'll keep my head down and I'll keep doing what the Word of God says, I'm going to have something to get me out of here one day. And I'm telling you that today that the word of God taught him not to join in with the world. And the grace of God teaches us today, don't join in with the wickedness of the world. We have to still hold fast to what we have. You just think, is what I'm holding on to something that I want Jesus to see? See the Lord saying, what's in your hand? Nothing. You do know, I already know. But see, he already knows. And I don't want to be holding on to things that he's like, what are you doing? 
What's, what is that? That's not like me. That's not like you. That's not what we're, we've got to make sure we're not holding on to those kind of things. We've got to let that stuff go. We've got to hold fast to what we have. We've got to hold fast to that doctrine. We've got to hold fast to that word of God. We've got to, uh, man, don't, don't twist the grace of God into some kind of fairy tale that it's not. Just take it for what it is. Hey, they, it don't lessen the effect of it. Grace is so wonderful that it teaches you how to make it. We didn't even deserve it. He gave us that lesson, and we didn't even deserve to have it. But he said, I'll give you a Hey, Noah, I don't have to give you these plans, but I did. And it was my grace in that time period you had to work and labor was my grace. And it taught you that, hey, if I, if I do this, if I build this, I'm getting out of here. I want to keep working on this ark, so to speak. I want to keep on doing the things I'm supposed to be doing. So not just me, but that somebody else will say, hey, I'm going to. I'm going to do that too. John wrote this in his first letter, 1 John 2 and 24. Let that therefore abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And he's not talking about two different people here because we know Jesus said, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But he's saying you, you don't get to pick one or the other uh, in, in the, the scriptures above it and below it. You'll see he's talking about the spirit of Antichrist. Some want the Son, but they don't want the Father. Some say, well, I got the Father and not the Son, but you can't have one without the other because they're one. That's it. Uh, but he said the principle here is that whatever you heard from the beginning, when you heard that word preached, when you heard that gospel preached, you hold on to it. Because only when that which you have heard from the beginning stays in you, that's how you continue. That's how you keep going. When you say, oh, I still love the Lord, but I don't have to do that anymore. Well, watch it. Oh, I, you know, uh, well, my pastor, he's a little old-fashioned. So he says, you know, watch that. Yeah, watch that. Things you start laying down and laying down, laying down. You go, oh, if your pastor preached it, you better listen. You better listen. You better, better hear what he's saying. He's, he's, he's the man working on the boat. He's the man working on the ark. He's, he, he's telling the truth. The flood's coming. There's a flood coming. Jesus said these days would be like the days of Noah, and we see it every day. But am I still holding fast? I don't know how many days Noah was so tired. I don't know how many times he hit his thumb with a hammer. I don't know how many splinters he got. I don't know how uh, many times his shoulders went out or his back felt like it was breaking. I don't know how he almost had a heat stroke maybe while he was pitching that thing on the outside, pitching it on the inside. I don't know how he didn't have a heart attack or a stroke with the stress every night thinking, am I going to finish this? Am I going to make it before the Lord uh, sends that flood? Am I going to make it? But he made it. He held on. And I know we got a lot of anxiety and stress and things in this day. We see the world shaking on every side. But, honey, you can trust God and what he gave you. And he said, if you'll keep my word, I'll keep you. Am I keeping what he gave me? If Noah survived and was able to help other souls make it, what did he do? 
what principle do you see in his life that made him successful? And it was this, that he kept the word of God and it kept him. And if we keep the word of God, it will keep us in this last day. We've got to keep the word of God. You know, just quickly, I know I've got about 10 minutes and I will be done in 10 minutes. Matthew 24, go back to that. But you look as Jesus began this, uh, this sermon, this passage, this teaching in verse 4. He said, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes, and divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. They shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Come on, if that don't sound like today. And many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. And because You know what a false prophet is? He preaches false doctrine. It, so we think false prophet, he, he don't even necessarily have to be preaching about Jesus. He can be preaching about uh, humanism. It's all about human life. They can be preaching about Mother Nature and things like that and trying to draw people off to things uh, other than the God of creation at all. And that's, you know, there's false prophets just waiting, watching the temperature of the world and say, what would get them now? And they start preaching this and that, and it pulls people away from church and, 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 and serving God and, and worshiping God and, and worshiping other things or following other things or getting into other causes. And it, it, they deceive many, not a few, many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end shall be saved. There will be things here in the last day, and it's going to, Try us on every hand. Fear, there's trouble, deceivers, a great falling away, people walking away. When he said, in the love of many would wax cold, that word love there is agape. And it's the same word for love that is used in greater love has no man than this. It's the same word that Jesus used talking to his disciples to love one another as I have loved you. It describes his love. And it's not uh, that... His love is going to get cold. It's people's love of God is going to grow cold. The love for the things of God are going to grow cold. They're, that the agape that's in them, that love for the things of God, the word of God, living for God, it says because iniquity shall abound. That's when you start seeing people, man, if there was a God, why is this happening? Why would God let little kids get kidnapped? Why would God let all this racial division be going on? Why would God, why would God, why would God, why would God? They see so many things. Hey, guess what? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What you're seeing is what he said would happen. This world is going to get worse and worse. Guess what? There's, until the thousand-year reign, there ain't going to be no more peace. This world is, is going in the direction it's going. It's not making a U-turn. But we're going to make it. And we're going to be kept. 
in that hour because we're going to keep the word. I'm going to stick to the word of God. And so he says, all these things are going on. Love growing cold. People falling away. People accepting false doctrine. That's what happens when your love grows cold for God. You fall away. You accept false doctrine. Your walk with God changes or it stops altogether. Our lives suddenly become about us and appeasing our flesh. But he did say this. He that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. Somebody's going to endure. Somebody's going to say, through all of this, I'm not letting go of God's word. Through every bit of this, I'm hanging on to what got me here. I'm not turning loose of this experience. I have seen God come through too many times for me to turn around. I'm not going to lay my cross down. I'm not going to stop praying. I'm not going to stop worshiping. I'm not going to stop speaking in tongues. I'm not going to stop baptizing people in Jesus' name. I'm not going to stop preaching against sin and and I'm not going to just say, hey, do what you want to do. It'll be all right. I'm going to live by God's word. He that shall endure. Well, that's what Noah did. He endured. He endured as he kept God's word. He saw the ark taking shape and he realized what God was doing. Maybe just cutting trees, he didn't get it. Just getting the material together. He didn't understand it. But over time, it began to take shape. We don't always understand it. And he don't have to show me. He, it wasn't like he said, Noah, shut your eyes. All right, open them. Boom, look at that ark sitting there. Well, we'd like that, wouldn't we? But it don't happen like that. Hey, Noah, you see that forest? Yeah, that's an ark. I don't see it. You know what the ark was before it was anything else? You've heard me. Some of you have heard me say it was God's word. Before it was ever anything that you could get in and be saved, it was just his word. It's the word that's going to take us out of here. Before it ever began to take shape, it was simply the word. And it was because Noah had faith in the word and Noah kept the word that it began to turn into something else. And then uh, slowly over the years, uh, this part's together. This part, hey, there's the shell of it. And you're like, now I can, yeah, I can see that now. I can see that. And, and just over and over until finally there was no more nail. That, it don't need one more nail. It don't need one more board. It, it, now it's just waiting on God. Drip, drip. Time to go. <laughs> yeah. And t- it, you know, the first drop of rain didn't hit no one in the head till it was done. And I, and I don't even know that the first drop hit him. Uh, I think he, the Lord brought him in and shut the door, and he, he kept them. But they begin to hear a sound. They'd never heard before. And that sound lifted them and moved them. And it, it, it took them out. It saved them. Eight souls were saved by water because Noah kept. That's why he that believeth in his baptized shall be saved. Water don't do you no good unless you believe it. Unless you believe. If you don't believe what you do, you don't, if you don't believe that he is the son of God, that he died for your sins and rose from the dead, you're just getting wet. But he that believeth and is baptized, that's why uh, Peter said the like figure baptism does also now save us. When we believe it, 
We may not get it all right at first, but when you keep the word, it just begins to appear little by little by little. Romans 12, 1 and 2 said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. We can't forget these kind of scriptures, folks. These are scriptures we need to go back and remind ourselves. I beseech you therefore, brethren. He's not talking to the guy under the bridge or in the alley or, or in the drug house. He said, brethren. He's talking to the church. By the mercies of God, present your bodies, your bodies, what people can see, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This is not unreasonable. This is what the Word of God simply asks us to do. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove the only way you will ever prove what God's good, acceptable, and perfect will is is for you to be transformed. You can't be conformed and, and be. You can't to conform is to be like. You cannot be like the world and prove the good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Noah became a living sacrifice by doing all that God commanded. He presented his body a living sacrifice. He to build a, a, a structure of that size and magnitude without the kind of machinery we have in this day. It was a daily task and he became a living sacrifice by doing all that God commanded his act of building an ark which again God's word it was an act of non-conformity to the world because nobody else was doing it he was doing what nobody else in the world was doing and it made the difference between life and death they might have laughed at him but it meant the difference between life and death you can come on to the music, darling. One minute. I'm right there. The Bible says that we have an enemy, a roaring lion. First Peter 5 and 8, that he goes about seeking whom he may devour. But it said for me to resist him steadfast in the faith. Hold on to what you've got. Don't let him shake you. I've looked at this before, and I, I, I've mentioned this, I know, in preaching before on this scripture, but if you've ever looked at the way a lion hunts, the lion is an opportunist. Lions are lazy. They're beautiful, I love them, but they're lazy. And they are opportunist. They look for the weak. They look for the slow. When they hunt, they don't care about wind direction. They're not clever like that. They don't, oh, the wind's blowing my, this way. But they don't care because they have incredible patience and are skilled at hiding. You ever seen a picture of a, a lion coming through that tall grass? You can't even see them until they're right up on you. They move so slow. Incredible patience. They will stalk a whole herd and single one out. And then when the animal looks their way, they, they look the other way. Watch a video of it. You'll see the lion just like, I ain't looking at you. Just ignore it. Act like they're ignoring it. But they have 
incredible burst of speed. The animals that they hunt are faster. Most times they're, they're always faster than the lion. So the lion gets close. We're stronger than our enemy. We're faster than our enemy. What gets people is they let him get too close. And then suddenly, gotcha. That's why Peter said, be sober, be vigilant. You see them guys out there in, in Africa and they look around, they're always got one guy watching that grass. But guess what? He'll be on you before you know it. He got so close. How did he get that close? So be sober, be vigilant. Keep the word of God. Hold on, hold fast to it. Stand with me. Paul wrote to Timothy something that uh, I was reading tonight, and I thought, I'm not trying to, I'm not going to change what he wrote. I just want to change a perspective here for a second. Because the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. I know what Paul wrote in his letters. He wrote it under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And so I know it's the word is spirit and life. So the word uh, speaks to us. It's alive. And so Paul was writing this to Timothy. But I think of it like this. Let the, he that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying. So when Paul wrote wrote this to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 13, I want you to just imagine this is what Jesus is saying. Till I come. He already said he's coming quickly. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that your profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. When I read that, I picture Jesus saying those same things. Give attendance. Don't neglect. Meditate. Give yourself holy. Take heed. Continue. And all that ends up in to salvation. You'll save yourself and those that hear you. I think the Lord would just say to the church, keep my word and it'll keep you. The kept word will keep us. Jesus is coming back to get a church that's ready. He's coming back to get a church that have people that's got oil in their lamps. You know, there's a parable about those those virgins with ten of them, five wise, five foolish. They all, by appearance, they all look the same. But when it was time to go, were my five ready? Because five knew you can't just look the part. You've got to have something on the inside the vessel too. I want to make sure that I've got oil in my vessel. Praise God. Let's, let's lift our hands tonight and just love him for a moment and, and just worship the Lord. Hallelujah.
Oh, come on, saints, hold on. What an hour we live in. Hold on. Yeah, we're going to make it. you've kept the word of my patience I will also keep you just just keep living for God don't let this world change you don't let nobody change you just keep God's word well they're my friend and they said what did God say he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother stick with God stick with his word stick with what got you where you are it'll always pay off in the end praise God God's good in he Give him one more hand clap of praise tonight. What a, he's a keeper. God will keep us. I'm so thankful for him tonight. I appreciate you being out tonight. I know terrible weather tonight and different things. Thank you for coming on out and Bible study. Don't forget ladies' prayer tomorrow night at 7. And then Sunday we're going to have a great time with the Lord. Looking forward to some good church. So have a great night. Be safe going home. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.